Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out for the ultimate and commercial broker training. There's 21 one-hour videos that are cloud-accessed. Check them out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're going to talk about current market opportunities, and you know, changing markets can create challenges and they can also create opportunities. You know, I've been an active broker for 35 years, and I've seen interest rates up to 17%. I've seen some severe recessions, seen some situations where tax law changes just made banks plummet in value and real estate foreclosed all over the place. Been through some pretty crazy cycles and done a lot of work with borrowers and lenders and, and through recessions. So sometimes people ask me on this show, you have great, great people you interview in this show, and it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but, you know, it, they're asking me today, hey, with this changing market, you've been through the experiences, you know, you've seen what banks do well and right, borrowers, uh, property owners, you've seen investors do well or not do well through the cycles. Will you please share some information with us? So today I'm going to do that. I'm going to share some different ideas, and I'm just going to touch on them very quickly, and opportunities and ideas and opportunities in the current market. And I'm going to provide opportunities for property ownership groups, for borrowers, um, for lenders, for investors, and for uh, business leaders, you know, companies that use real estate. This is a pretty opportune time. Uh, and then at the end, I'll share some tips for agents, for brokers out there. So, so here we go. Let's start out with property ownership groups. You know, interest rates are really back to more normal historic rates. And what that means is values have adjusted. You know, with the treasury being, you know, 5% or close to it. And, you know, it's hard to say that properties are worth 4 and 5% cap rates, right? So cap rates have gone up. Property values are, have adjusted. You know, real estate has really been a winner throughout history, regardless of rate changes, right? So I'm going to give you some ideas as property ownership groups to think about during these times. One is to get, get more efficient you know, with your operations, with your staff, uh, you know, this, you know, when you have uh, challenges in the market that can creativity, right, to improve operations. So that's one thing we're seeing a lot of the smart ownership groups uh, do right now. The other thing to think about is, you know, most every property type, except maybe B and C office, has had really strong rent growth, really strong appreciation. So most groups can sell properties at a profit. So you know, I wouldn't make your decisions on buying and selling and adjusting what your rent should be looking through the rearview mirror, right? You want to look through the windshield, not the rearview mirror when you're making decisions. If you look through the rearview mirror, you might have a wreck. You know, so think about where the market is now. You know, if you think about it, if people are not, say, over 45, they may not have been in a decision-making process during a recession. So you want to think about also just getting help, getting advisors, and making sure you're making the right moves. Also, you want to think about if it is time to sell a property, look at your process. You know, look at if you're using a broker, which I highly recommend you have a broker third-party process, that you look at what the broker actually does. How do they actually do their process um, and not just hire a broker because of, of their name or their company name? On acquisitions, you know, think about historically when you look at property ownership groups that have done really well. 
The contrarian investors have done really well, meaning buying when others aren't buying. So I would keep looking at properties. You know, keep keep uh, keep your investors uh, involved. Keep your your lenders involved if you if they're available to you, and keep looking at properties in a down market. It can be a great time to make acquisitions, uh, especially in sectors you know like office or uh, BNC office, which is kind of the most distressed. All right, well, let's talk about some distress. Let's talk about borrowers. Let's say that uh, you have an asset, an, a stressed asset, or you have a loan maturity coming up, and with the current interest rates and debt coverage ratios required, there's just a lot of equity required, and, and it's not working out. And you need to work out something with your lender. You know, I've helped lots of, of lenders and banks through these situations and seen what folks do wrong and do, and do right. One thing I'd say is get out early talking to your lender to work through and be honest and share with them you know, what's going on with the property. And of course, you want to think about the type of loan, personal guarantees or not, what your situation is. But most of these distressed situations can be worked through. And I know uh, being an owner of properties myself and helping clients through these situations in the past, it can be stressful. So get out there in front of it and make sure you're discussing it with lenders. You know, if you want to, if you want to talk to me, share the information with me about the facts of your situation, your loan and your property, I'd be glad to give you some ideas. The you know, lenders don't really want to foreclose, don't really want to own your property. So there's ways to, to work it out. You know, if you immediately involve your lawyers in legal, then the lender may legal up and it just becomes uh, a, a fight and, and it doesn't work out well. So I say before you go there, you know, you might consider a neutral party. And one of the things that we've done is come in as kind of neutral party. We have, you know, 50 brokers and all the property types, and we have the information on the comps and the underwriting and the, the rents and the market and the trends and the forecast. And sometimes as a neutral party, we can come in and work things out between a borrower and a lender that what you would do there is give the lender permission to release their liability to discuss things with us, share your information with us, and then we can come in and hopefully get, get the loan worked out or work out a short sale, work out something to get you through it. One of the mistakes I see is folk borrowers kind of waiting too long. I remember in the, in the Great Recession, I don't think it was that great, but uh, in the Great Recession, sometimes we talk to folks and they, we talk about their properties and their loans, and they say, I said, well, what about this one? And they said, well, that, that loan doesn't mature for uh, four months. <laughs> okay, well, we might want to go ahead and start working on that one. All right, let's get some ideas for lenders, all right? One thought for lenders. First of all, this could be the best time for you to do the safest, best loans you've ever done. Think about it. You don't have as much competition, so you probably do a better loan. You're probably doing a lower loan-to-value ratio. You won't have to worry about rates uh, at maturity, you know, rate risk at maturity. Well, let's hope you don't have to. Um, so these might be some of the best loans that you could ever do. So I urge lenders not to, to stick your head in the ground. Also, if you just a lot of banks and lenders stop doing loans, you're causing more problems for your existing loans. So we all need to work together through this. But really, it is a great time for lenders. And you also can build some great relationships, you know, doing loans in this kind of market. Um, so I'd look real closely, try to do some, some great loans for folks. I'll give you an example. I have an office building. And during the, the Great Recession, a very large bank came to me and said, hey, at the worst time of the bottom of the market, said, hey, we want you to pay us off. And I said, well, you know, you, you pick the worst time and it'd be very difficult to, for me to do that. And my building was in perfect shape. I had great credit, great income, and all payments were on time. So it wasn't defaulted at all. 
but they then ask him, why are you doing this? Well, it's came down from the top. You know, we look, we, we reappraise, we mark the market. And if we don't like the loan to value, then we're foreclosing. And so they even sent the guy out to, to look at my building and I showed it to him and uh, I asked him, I said, so, you know, do you think this is smart? No, it's not smart at all. It's just coming from the top. And then I said, well, you know, if you do foreclose on this property, do you know who your bank uses to sell foreclosed properties in Metro Atlanta? He said, no, who? I said, me. <laughs> so you're going to foreclose a mile office building and then someone else at your company, your bank is going to contact me to, to sell it. Well, the moral of the story here for lenders is really, I went to, to some lenders who said, no, we're not doing loans right now. And then I went to Truist, BBT at the time, and they looked at it and they had, did an appraisal. Well, the appraisal came in really low. They used some terrible comp, the, the appraiser used some really terrible buildings for comps. And the appraisal came in really low. And the guy at, uh, at BBT at the time, now Truist, came to me and said, you know what? There's... We talked, looked at the appraisal, and he threw the appraisal in the trash and did the loan for me. And what did that do? It created a great relationship for me to send business to that bank and for me to never send business to the previous bank. And, you know, I have about 40 brokers and probably a thousand clients, and we can send a lot of business to folks. So, you know, you can build a great relationship with folks doing loans in this market. So, lenders, Get out there and do your thing. And I know a lot of you are, and some of you have put the brakes on. All right, let's talk about some strategies for investors. You know, commercial real estate is considered a, a long-term investment, and contrarian investing can really make you a fortune. You know, you have less buyer competition, you have better properties available, and it can be a great time to invest. You know, if you think about an example, I have a building I bought when times where interest rates were high, market wasn't that great. And so I was in a situation where I had to put more down payment, get a higher interest rate. But what that meant is I got a lower basis on, on the property because of that, or lower price per square foot. And it's a long-term hole. I still own the building. So, and now it doesn't have a loan on it. So it, the interest rates at the time, if they're really high, you might have less competition, better properties to choose from. I'll give you an example for investors. Um, sometimes I've asked by non-real estate people about the market, and you know, I'll give them this example. If you're at a cocktail party and everyone there is talking about how great the market is, how fantastic it is, how they're flipping contracts and they're making money, well, you should be selling, all right? If you're at the cocktail party and everybody's talking about how the market's terrible, economy's terrible, market's terrible, you should be buying. That contrary investing can really make you a fortune. And if on the properties that, that you own, you know, the, the market has done really well for properties. You know, the, except for B&C office, there's great demand. So investors, you can buy and sell and do deals. Don't just stop because interest rates are too high. Now, if you are a real opportunistic buyer and you're really looking to take opportunities in the market, um, you know, a lot of the sectors are really doing well. Hotels, uh, retail, you know, self-storage, you know, most all property tops really are doing well, ex exception of maybe B&C office. And when you look at office, a lot of office is doing well. Um, medical office is doing well. Government leased office is doing well. We sell all those types of properties and we're selling a lot of them. Also, under-occupant sales are doing well where companies are, are buying buildings. 
Also, offices with smaller suites are doing well. They're doing better than the office buildings with, with the larger suites with larger companies. But if you're looking for real opportunistic investing, you know, look at the office sector. Um, I think the office sector demand will come back sooner than you think. I know it looks grim at, at the moment, but think about the past. Think about the Great Recession. What did people think about houses? You know, it, it, well, house market will never come back. There, there was the ring of death around Atlanta that if you had properties outside of there or lots or land, the value was zero. People were saying that residential homes would never come back. What did they do? They came back, right? Came back strong. Think about retail. There's been a couple of times where they, everyone said, oh, retail's dead. People are going to buy everything online. And, and then you had COVID. Retail's dead. What happened with retail? Overall, retail is doing extremely well. So I think office demand will come back. And there's a few more reasons that reason they will come back. You know, one is there's going to be less new supply for office. You know, there's not going to be a lot of spec building. So there's going to be less supply as these current buildings under construction uh, get finished. You know, when you have a downturn and the outlook is not good, if the buildings, if a construction job started, you really have to finish it for the lender's sake and the investor's sake. It's, it's worth a lot less if it's unfinished. But once those are finished, you'll have new supply really start dwindling. On supply, you're also going to have some buildings uh, removed from the market, right? Some buildings are going to be raised, torn down. Some office buildings are being converted to other uses. So you're going to have supply and demand kind of work in your favor there over time. Also, I think we're going to find that companies come back to their offices faster than we think, you know, because there's going to be a lot of reasons there. You know, I think for, for onboarding, training, for creativity, for morale, and I think for the biggest thing is just turnover when people feel where they're working at home and that sort of thing that they don't belong and turnover costs companies money. Also, cybersecurity is coming a bigger issue every day. It's going to be more difficult for companies to handle that when people are anywhere. Also, trade secrets. Who do you, what, what do you know? that Who's looking at the screens of your folks wherever they're working? And I think most of all, top line and, and bottom line numbers. I know the, uh, we work with a lot of businesses and companies to help them with their real estate needs and real estate groups that own properties. And the folks who work from home, most every time are just way less efficient. Everything takes so much longer. So I think, I think office demand will come back. So if you're an investor, think about that. All right, let's talk about business owners, leaders and occupiers of space. You know, this can be the best time for occupiers, especially in the office world. You know, I've been in this a long time and you, you really want to consider buying office for your business in a market like this. And here's some reasons. One is there's some properties available that maybe we're not, we're not going to be available in a better market. And also lenders love owner occupants. So you can get a really good loan from a bank for an owner occupant building. So that financing is out there for you. Also, you might get a better price. You might be at a better price, a lower basis, especially if you have a larger company where you're buying some of the larger buildings. You might be at such a low basis that just moving in there and, and creating a lease creates a, a lot of value. I've done that with companies where we've, uh, instead of leasing a building, we've, we've bought it. Then we've created a single tenant net lease, single tenant net lease. Then we sold that property and made the company millions. So, you know, think about your use of space and think about what kind of space you'd like to have to get your folks that want to be back in the office, to want to collaborate, to be around the, their, their friends and people that, that you work with there. 
the type of offices that are, are healthy, uh, that are inviting, that maybe have the wellness certification and, and they're well located. I know I've been in some offices where, you know what, if I was an employee and had to go to that office, yeah, I'd be kicking and screaming, trying not to go back there. So you want to have an office where people really, really want to go to. This can be a good time to do it. I mentioned before that I bought an office building. Well, I bought a building when I started my business 26 years ago. Interest rates were kind of high. The market wasn't that great. I didn't need the whole building, just needed part of it. And I bought it. And the and our business grew and we ended up taking more and more of the building. And then we outgrew the the building. Uh, but I still own it. And because I got it in a, in a great market and have owned it now for 26 years, you know, it's a long-term hold, like I said before, for commercial real estate. And businesses, it seems like time just flies by, right? You're just doing it, doing it, doing it. And all of a sudden time flies by. So if you can buy a building, uh, you might have a, a huge windfall that you kind of didn't consider. We saw lots of buildings around the Southeast and around Atlanta, and a lot of times they're, they're business owners selling them. And they'll tell me a lot of times that, wow, you know what, Michael, I bought this building, kind of kicking it, screaming, I really didn't want to buy a building, rates weren't that good, or you know, I just didn't really want to put the equity down, I'd rather invest it in my business. Um, but I did it to maybe to control occupancy costs or control my environment, but I didn't really realize that you know, I would run the business, run the business, it would do what it does. But this building would be sitting there with appreciation and principal reduction and inflation and just be worth so much. It didn't really occur to me. So buying a building for your business can be a great opportunity, uh, especially if it's office right now, because that's such a great time, such a great time to buy office. All right. Now, finally, I'll end with some tips for brokers and agents. You know, a slower market can really be an, an opportunity. And, you know, I've been doing this for 35 years and I've had the biggest surge in market share through that time in down markets. I mean, you know, it's like some people say, well, the market's really hot. Market's really hot. You must really love it. And I'm like, I always say, yeah, the market's great. Do you know who we can help? But inside I'm thinking that no, it's actually a little harder you know, when the market's so great and anybody and everybody can do it. You know, speaking of selling, some people feel like they don't need you. But in a down market, for instance, selling a property for someone, the sellers look more closely at what the broker actually does. So if you have a great process, a great database, a great marketing machine, then you can really win more market share. And we've found, again, that this is a great time to grow your business. Another thing that can happen in a downturn for agents is some agents will get out of the business, right? They'll just move. And in the Great Recession, not that many agents left the business because there wasn't, wasn't any jobs, right? But now we have a good, strong job market, so some agents will get out of the business. So it's a great time. Another tip for agents is to think about using this time to improve your skills, right? Get really good because you really want to add a lot of value, have great skills for marketing, for negotiation, for prospecting, for, for providing the actual services that you provide. It's a good time to make sure that you've taken all four of your core CCIM classes. It's a great time to make sure that you've seen all 21 one-hour videos at commercialagentsuccess.com. And if you've already seen those, watch them two or three more times because there's some incredible strategies in there to help you grow your agent business. And finally, I would say that to everyone, to agents, to everybody, really be valuable to the people around you. 
you know, if you're a broker, for example, provide excellent service, get to your clients, find out what they need. And if you're not the best person to provide it, find them the best person, right? Folks call me. If, I, if me or my team here isn't the right people, we find them the right people. Be valuable to people around you and it'll help your business. All right. Well, I hope some of these strategies helped you. Uh, I hope you have a good Thanksgiving next week. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For commercial brokerage sales and leasing in the Southeast U.S., contact our show host by email at michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success Strategies, 21 incredible one-hour agent training videos. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. By C5 CCIM Summit, three days of commercial real estate networking, learning, and investing. Learn more and register at c5summit.realestate. And by Lumet. For senior housing, healthcare, and multifamily financing, visit lumet.com. For more podcasts and videos, subscribe and visit CREshow.com.